2: 2023 there he is we're going to open up the chat room right here in spreaker and in a second you'll see bill wd 40 jump on in there to lube us up for tonight's show because you got to go in smooth on a show and uh, you got to be lubed up yeah forrest louis again thank you for another amazing super chat Glenn john McEnroe, marty burback how you guys doing thanks for joining us hi tim a mr catfish logan l and uh, we continue on with our roll call pam harris Thank you for joining us. Eddie Patch, Tim Mothman, how are you? And Zen 2, Mennonite Abe, Von Patrick, good to see you guys. And who else we have? Sandy B, welcome back, hon. And uh, who else we have? National Memorial, so Cheeto Richards, formerly Paez, but now Richards. Her husband made her do it. All right, Chris Teen, how are you? Nice to see you back. Metal Gaming, Nancy Thames, thank you for joining us. Double Day, nice to have you here. Random guy, good to have you here. Random guy, we'll talk to you tonight. Later on, Nina Williams, welcome to Sor Chat, and Miss Anonymous, thank you. Phil uh, Minervino, good to see you. We got ten seconds here. Philip Blair, nice to have you here. American, nice to have you here. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna run out of time here. Do me a favor, horns up, let's rock. Hey, 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 hey. The mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show at our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally from odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old me the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out the bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world ten percent happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show. Of Chinese Balloons tonight, Walter Bosley, former intelligence officer, is here to talk about all the weird things about UFOs, what's going on in the sky above right now, and for some reason how he was able to get a hold of the the earmuffs of Rihanna from the Super Bowl uh, halftime show. I don't get that. Matches her red outfit perfectly. It matches Walter's eyes perfectly as well. Then in hour number three, we're going to try and go to the swamp with swamp dweller Little Timmy Seenor will be here for the UFO report. And then probably we'll go to overtime with Random Guy and Tim as well after the radio show. All right, let's nail this on down and get right to it. Walter Bosley spent 20 years in U.S. national security and has now been a specialty publisher approaching 20 years. His first nonfiction book was an investigation into the esoteric engineering of Disneyland, and he has since written several more weird subjects ranging from a cult to serial murders to airship mysteries, MK Ultra and the Air Force, lost cities of South America, breakaway civilizations. He's been on TV more than a number of times. He's also been on this show numerous times as well and they're some of our most popular that we do because he is just one of the most interesting people when it comes to this. Field of research. Let's bring him, Ron, in here. Walter Bosley. It is great to have you back. How did you snag Rihanna's headphones after the Super my Bowl? Po-
3: my powers of seduction, of course. That
2: had to be it. That had had to be it. Now nah. that's,
3: right for, that's radio, right for our radio for
2: our radio audience. The, these headphones are absolutely bright red. They they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: You know, <laughs> I, I had I had originally scheduled you to. Mm-hmm talk about UFOs for dollars because yeah. that was something that we wanted I wanted to get into because it just seems like we got all of these groups out there that are really vying for the UFO dollar and then mm-hmm. this past weekend all hell breaks loose with these I'm going to call them Chinese drones nobody else wants to do it I'm going to call them Chinese drones that decide to you know invade Canada you know, yeah. invade Alaska, invade the Lake, uh, the Great Lakes, invade uh, you know down there in uh, South Carolina, where you had to pop one there too. I mean, r- right now, I mean there is a lot going on in the world, Walter, and I. And the one thing I love about you is your versatility. Where we could get into this, I mean, I mean, what's your thoughts on what's going on right now?
3: I I think you nailed it, and and actually, I'm I'm concerned about what's going on right now um i know that a lot of people are getting excited in the ufo world particularly the et hypothesis folks but uh, you, you know there's something more serious going on here the yeah these are be it chinese or i i doubt it's russian i think it's chinese that's where i you know place my bets but uh, these things were shot down over either right over or having passed over, um, essential military installations, folks. And, um, one of two things I see here in that regard, either we are playing that occasional propaganda game that gets played where what that means is we know these things are up there all the time. Cause golly, we have our own up there. I assure you over their bases and stuff. And they've decided that, okay, we want to put on a show, for whatever reason of being tough on China at the same time, we're giving them some money back or something. Um, so we're going to shoot these things down and, you know, China likely expected it a whole lot sooner. So that's why they're not, you know, overtly rattling anything yet. Um, that's a possibility, and I hope that's what it is, the propaganda possibility, because if it's not the propaganda possibility not to be a doomsayer, then, then what it means is, is they are looking close at our bases to gear up for some type of action, either here or somewhere in the world. Um, you, you, you don't have surveillance platforms watching another country's bases for any other reason then you're wanting to know their level of readiness. You want to know, you know, their layout. You want to know what's there. Should you have to tangle with them in a war? Um, so again, I'm hoping this is the propaganda move. Because um, if it's not, we got more serious fish to fry, folks, than some type of disclosure of ET. Because you know the photos that are out there, and I'm sure we'll get into it. That that people are bandying about. You know, there's no provenance there. It's just the same old, same old where clearly people are photoshopping stuff or, you know, just not very good photos and on and on. Um, Yeah, that's that's my assessment.
2: I find it very funny
3: thing is just a spin up.
2: I find it very funny that people are trying to say, you know, that they found the the photographs or video of the one that was shot down in the Yukon. If anybody Um, knows anything about the Yukon territory in Canada. It is about the size of Texas, okay? Texas Mm -hmm. has like 40-plus million people. Uh, Yukon has 43,000 people in the size of Texas. (laughs) 25,000 of those live in the capital of Whitehorse and the surrounding areas. And where this thing was taken down, you got more chance of seeing it hit a polar bear or a moose than you do a human. So don't buy any video from the Yukon. It's not real. I mean, this is one thing that I did want to talk to you about right off the bat here. If you've been yeah. following Twitter or social media, they have been going nuts about this with all sorts yeah. of information. Whether it's fake videos, whether it's you know fake information, real information, uh, playing off of what the government is saying from the from the defense secretary to the ODNI. And everybody in between. Are we watching a propaganda game play out, probably for the first time in real time here on social media?
3: Uh, that that all that's the thing about these days is, is you have to consider that that's being done, and you know, really the first time, who knows? Um, it it the the um, the narrative noise from the folks wishing that it were something otherworldly is just as loud as any propaganda that would be out there. So um, I think propaganda is definitely in the mix. And and even if it's just passive propaganda in that, oh, okay, let the people run with the, uh, the, the, the the alien otherworldly craft thing. Um, That way we won't have to explain the, um, potential danger of the military situation that we're in okay if that is the case why do you
2: think the those that be in um in washington dc a number of them from military brass to politicians have come out and said look we can't rule out the extraterrestrial hypothesis here we can't rule out that this is aliens i mean to me An alien ship doesn't fly in a straight line at 40 miles an hour. And when engaged, just stay flying at 40 miles an hour. I would expect that to do something a little bit different.
3: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, short of we can't really say for sure. But, you know, I find that to be um, more of the overt uh, propaganda um, coming out of, you know, the military folks that, oh, we can't rule out the ETs. That's just to, I think, make the disclosure uh, folks happy, you know, to to give them clamoring for that something. Um, and, and I think it's cynical. I think it's a cynical um, use, some might say abuse of the community that pays attention to the UFO question. Uh, because aside from whatever's actually going on, with uh, these things shot down, whatever they are. Uh, I, I, I think there are UFOs that are of extraterrestrial origin, right? That's the irony here is, you know, I, I think they are coming here. And in times like this, um, I think everybody's looking at the wrong thing. Now, there there's another thing to consider. What if there are UFO real UFOs uh, appearing what if there are real things happening in that regard? and they're pointing to these these Chinese surveillance platforms being shot down um, and encouraging people to think of them as the extraterrestrials as a diversion from either real. UFOs or some other technology. It's more realistic than it might be some other technology. We always have to consider that.
2: Um, No, and I can understand that. You know, we really don't know what's going on in regards to the whole play. But as someone who has been in the intelligence community, you know, mm-hmm. you have seen all sorts of games being set up. And in 20 wow. years, I'm sure you've, you have your fair share that you can't still to this day talk about due to non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreements. But, but the idea that this is being played right in front of Americans, where you have an American general standing at a podium saying, well, don't know if it's extraterrestrial or not. I mean... Mm. Is that not playing the public for, for I don't want to say for fools, but more so for fear that this may be happening or may not, or that they refuse to give a proper answer? Because I do know this mm-hmm. from, from a journalistic standpoint, Walter, mm-hmm. if it is the Chinese, which I believe it is, mm-hmm. they have to be very careful on a world stage of what every word they say is in front of the microphone so could you maybe explain how that works
3: well first of all i think uh, honestly my my initial opinion of of the general making a statement like that that's really just to assuage the people pushing the et question you know that's really just throwing them a bone so he doesn't have to deal any further with that question i already said that we're not we're not ruling it out now let me talk about real world things uh you're absolutely right um whenever you do what it appears the chinese are doing and don't get me wrong on a routine basis we do the same kinds of things we're doing it right now every you know all the big powers have these things you know high altitude over each other's territory We, we we've done it since world war ii era post world war ii era okay so um this is why I say, look at the reaction of the Chinese. If if they don't really rattle any sabers, if they give the diplomatic response, this is something that, you know, we're doing for propaganda to look tough on China. And they probably expected these things to be detected, encountered and shot down already. And since it's just a routine um, uh, effort or program they're doing, they're not going to get upset. Um, if it's not, if it's the situation to be more concerned about, say, they're They're scoping us to determine where to strike or if to strike. You're absolutely right. In that situation, they've got to be real careful how they appear to the rest of the world because, you know, not everybody is on their side. um, And even those who might be financially, you know, socioeconomically on their side, so to speak, might not appreciate um, what appears to be an overt military threat. Um, and then there's the issue of maybe these things are the weapons because uh, bio weapons could easily be rained down upon us from a platform like that, you know, that high. And um, who knows what it's already rained down on us. Um, so they they have to be very careful if they're playing games like that because, yeah, they they they're walking a fine line where they look like the aggressors that, they would be in that situation and you know they don't want to look like that they want they would want every ally they could have on their side um you know so yes yeah they they do have to be careful how they would respond to that if they are doing something nefarious but on the flip side countries like china
2: iran iraq Russia, they've always kind mm-hmm. of beaten to their different drummer. Like North Korea, yeah. they beat to their own drummer. Mm-hmm. You know, you never hear anything like you did in the seventies and early eighties about about Laos or and the Khmer Rouge or or you heard you know about the atrocities of Vietnam. But since then, you know, it seems both countries have kind of you know, or countries like that seem to have you know kind of found their way. Even though we may not agree with their politics they seem to have opened their doors a little bit become a little bit more friendly and realizing that maybe you know butchering uh, 20 million people like the Khmer Rouge did wasn't a good idea you know not saying it isn't still happening but it's more covered up and i guess where i'm going with this is we don't hear a lot about those type of countries anymore but the big the big ones north korea china iran iraq Russia, the, yeah. the ones that really publicly beat to their own drummer, you know, they're just really seeming to, to not give a care about what's going on in the world or how it affects the economy or or anything. I mean, you look at Russia right now, their economy is tanking. We think we have it bad here with inflation right now, but their economy is uh, going into the gutter.
3: Yeah, Um There, there's some margin with that because we never really know um, the the, the 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 verifiability. I'm I'm missing the word of our news sources on Russia. You know, we we get conflicting sources, but it's certainly not helping their situation you know the 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 conflicts and such but um that i'll tell you with russia right now particularly let's say the ukraine um the 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 hands of the u.s are not exactly clean in that situation it's just so ugly that you know it it's it's hard to it's it's hard to really say you know what's going on with that situation but i i think from big picture from my perspective and i could be wrong this is just a perspective this is my opinion Um, I'm in that camp that worries about world conflict coming because it has been you know we're we're pushing a century since World War II and it's not that the world has been without wars in the meantime but um, they haven't been major world conflicts like World War II was and um, there's always that you know that sense of being overdue. Because we know that just natural socioeconomic and, and political forces just kind of make these things happen organically. but when you add um, the the nefarious political financial sources that that quite frankly make money and gain power off of conflict, um, being in the mix, you know, uh, who's pushing? for this world conflict to happen and and we, the people of the world, end up really paying the prices for it. Um we certainly, you know, pay the taxes for it. Um so it, it's I think we're in a really scary period of time and Right now, and they're all too happy to have us be thinking about UFO, you know, ETs and the Super Bowl and and what have you. This this is one of those times, Um, and there's a lot of people who are more than willing to embrace that. And I think that might be um, because under the surface, they're afraid. Um, For some people, it's a lot easier to think of these things as as alien. Uh, craft rather than what they appear to be and that's chinese military platforms scoping uh, north american vital north american military installations which is exactly what they would strike you know so again we come back to this because this is in the mix of what the world's being pushed to
2: with three 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 and a half minutes to go here, are you then surprised, because I sure as heck wasn't, that all of a sudden China is announcing that they now have some sort of balloons floating over their area that they are going to probably be shooting down? Is this just the the big balloon game now?
3: Yeah, there's going to be tit for tat you know, it's okay. You're going to shoot down ours. We're going to shoot down yours. And it's this, um, I, I mean, everybody remembers the schoolyard fights. Everybody remembers when you're in school, when the girls fought, it was always more exciting because the girls throw down, the guys stand there for 20 minutes, bumping chests, going, come on, come on, come on. And that's what's going on when we're doing tit for tat, shooting down each other's surveillance things. It, it's the equivalent of the you know, the, the the puffing up your chest and, and crowing. And let's get real cynical. Um, uh, this could all be theater for the masses. You know, there, there could be no intention of a major world conflict.
4: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
3: you know but we, we, it's it's all this theater you know our team versus their team kind of stuff you know that we know goes on
2: but should we really be surprised look espionage no. spying balloons this has been going on for decades so why why yeah. now, now why now are we blowing them out of the sky
3: because it's the uh it's the um uh, act de jour You know, because we don't want to blow um, more expensive, more extensive hardware out of the sky. In other words, you know, you get real cynical here. Okay, China, we'll 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 shoot your balloons down and you shoot ours down Um, because for whatever reason, maybe they don't want to shoot the the real tech that that means a lot more. It's something to consider.
2: Well, the other thing to consider, too. Is the amount of money involved? Any mm-hmm. any war between China and the U.S. We're talking trillions of dollars, yeah, trillions that mm-hmm. end tomorrow. Because half of everything in the U.S. is made, in, and Canada is made in China now, if not more. And yeah. trust me, it bothers me when, as a Canadian, when I see hockey gear built in China, <laughs> made in China. Yeah. Okay, uh, car parts—you name it. Computer chips. That's why we have a, a a car shortage in North America because of the computer yeah. chips. Okay, and uh, there was only two plants that were building those computer chips, and one went down to, in fire, and the other one closed due to COVID. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that China controls within the North American economy. Never mind the debt that they've bought.
3: Yeah. And and when you have a state like California, for example, that, you know, um, would rather see industry die um, and everyone go down a hole uh, rather than to disturb a field mouse, you know, Um, nobody out here is that stupid and naive. They know that politics are being played with environmental issues out here. They do it all the time and they do it to destroy commerce in this state they do it to destroy commerce. And, um, that's what China loves. China puts their Chinese intelligence and uh, they enforces, put their money behind these environmental movements and radical ideas because they know it destroys American industry. And when you destroy North American industry, be it you guys, be it us down here, even be it Mexico, then, um, you're seriously reducing a capability to, um, fight back Very either true. economically or militarily.
2: Walter Bosley, former member of the intelligence community, author, researcher, owner of Rihanna's Headphones from the Super Bowl. We're having fun tonight. We're going to continue talk a little espionage and more Chinese balloons on Spaced Out Radio when we return right after this break. Stay tuned. So we have a number of new listeners who are tuned in right now. Uh, If this is your first time tuning into Spaced Out Radio, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Do us a favor. It really helps with our algorithms. If you could give us a thumbs up and hit subscribe, we are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. Uh, Also, because we are a hybrid program, we are live on a podcast right now. We are live on YouTube and Twitch but we are uh, live to break right now uh, for our radio stations. We, We broadcast out to seven different terrestrial radio stations now as we continue to grow our format and we have to take breaks every 30 minutes in order to uh, appease their time restraints that they need for their commercial break. So that's why uh, you guys get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at everything that is going on. And, uh, yeah, we really do appreciate it. And uh, so thank you. And, and uh, Dirty Filth, if you're wondering who the guy is down here who's uh, painting right now, this is our resident cartoonist, Dirty Filth. Uh, he has webbed feet. And uh, and he likes to swim, uh, that's why he shaves the rest of his body. And uh, he's also just an amazing cartoonist. And uh, we're gonna zoom on in. Hi, Dirty. How you doing there, buddy?
5: Well, not bad. How are you?
2: I am good. I am good. This is where you talk, filth.
5: <laughs> Hi.
2: Hi. He's a man of few words. Man of few words, but his hands do the talking. And they do the talking well. Right now he's putting on a little little bit of bronzer on there or or, or copper.
5: Orange. Orange.
2: How the hell is that orange? I
5: don't know. What do they call it here? It's actually Aussie Red Gold Uh, by Daniel Smith paints.
3: Very nice.
5: I cut the center open so I can get to it, but
3: it's the color of orichalcum, the uh, element of Atlantis. Oh, very nice pull there, Walter. Very, very nice pull. Well. I'm full of useless information, yeah. like Cliff on
2: Shears. See, I'm <laughs> that I'm, I'm that way when it comes to hockey. <laughs> yeah.
3: I I got to tell you, the first time I went to a hockey game was an AHL minor league in Baltimore. And I loved it immediately because my buddy I went with was from Chicago. We were in training in the Maryland area um, with the FBI, and he was a big Blackhawks fan. So he said, hey, let's go to a hockey game. So we went to a skipjack game, and um, he said, come on, we got to set up high at these minor league games. And he explained why. He says, because – the, the puck is probably going to fly out of the rink and hit somebody. And sure enough, it did. Well, they carried someone out unconscious who got hit with a puck. And, and these guys, I'll tell you, the stuff that if, if people think NHL is rough and tumble, minor league, they can beat the hell out oh. of each other and, and not see a penalty box.
2: Minor, minor league hockey is way better. And you know what's even better than AHL hockey is if you ever right. get the chance to come up here, or even into mm-hmm. Seattle or, or Washington or Oregon and watch the Western yeah. Hockey League. It's junior, uh-huh. major junior hockey. Oh, those yeah. kids are busting their
3: asses, busting uh-huh. their asses. It, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And you're right. When I went to some NHL games, I thought this is like watching golf compared oh. to the. I can't my stand the
2: NHL. can't stand the NHL anymore. They've ruined it. Uh, I'm just going to read out some names here. Hi, Penn Man. i got to get caught up in the chat room. I'm still a few minutes behind here. Uh, <coughs> hi, Nicole Sakic. How are you? And who else do we have here? Gaily C. Nice to see you. And uh, let's see. I'm almost... Zen 2. Good to have you back. Uh, Phil Minervino. Thank you for the super chat, my man. It's always good to have some film in your chat room. And Cole uh, Doikes, welcome to SOR chat from Denmark. Oh, it's Renee. How are you? And uh, Scowling Greg O'Brien, th- welcome back. Uh, Deb, thank you for that super chat. Along with uh, Louis times three, Phil and Deb. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I think I'm almost caught up here. Oh, Melinda, five. Thank you, Melinda. Melinda will be on next Monday. We're going to do a panel on this uh, uh, part. Otis Trailer, good to see you, bud. Warden Dragon, nice to have you here. There's Melinda's super chat. And we are caught up. And uh, remember, the Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much. Our store is open on our website. And I will be at UFOCon 2023, May, March nineteenth through uh, 17th through 19th. Come join us. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you have missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag, and follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We are continuing on with Walter Bosley, former intelligence uh member. And now he's an author, researcher. And does a bunch of fun things with his fingers, as in typing on the keyboard, writing books, reports, and everything that goes along with it. He's one of the best, in my opinion. Walter, welcome back.
3: Thank you, Dave. Always good to be here.
2: There's a lot of talk over the last 72 to 96 hours about espionage. Uh, Whether or not this is an act of war with these balloons coming over our area. Is this, considering that the United States, uh, you know, for years and, uh, you know, for over 60 years has flown the U-2 over hotbed areas or the SR-71 or whatever replaced the SR-71, never mind the countless satellites from every country up in space that do spying. So, So is this really an act of war?
3: and and don't forget our own balloons i mean we we i think mastered the the giant surveillance balloon before china did um you know so um okay as an act of war here's the thing generally it always can be it it isn't always and it's usually not it's usually just a way of keeping your eye on your adversaries Uh, On on your known foes and enemies and uh, to a little extent on your friends, you know, just to make sure they're still friends um, or in a protective way, you know, on their behalf. But um, it can be depending upon how intrusive it is and what the espionage is digging into. And, you know, what's the, the, the obvious thing that um, this technology, you know, needs to keep an eye on or, or is deployed to keep an eye on is military readiness of an adversary of the, of the target nation. Um, but at the same time, once you go, if you go beyond routine, meaning beyond what your adversaries are expecting you to do, um, then it can be an act of war. Yes. Particularly if it's one of those things that is intended to be discovered, to uh, become overt, Um, that can be a provocation. Um, That in itself can also be um, a provocation in the sense that, um, oh, we're going to aggressively send these balloons over. So while you're focusing on the balloons, you're not seeing the other thing that's coming at you, uh, you know, uh, hypothetically. So, um, I know that sounds vague, but, um, espionage can be, um, an overt act of war, um, act of war, uh, most of the time it isn't, um, you know, for what it's worth, the specialty I had in the air force is one of the air U S air forces, um, or excuse me, one of the air force OSIs, uh, if not the number one wartime mission. And it has to do with, you know, running counter espionage operations. So there you go. There's counter espionage operations, which, you know, can be very much an overt um, act of war. It it just really, again, it sounds vague, but it just all depends on a bunch of um, pieces coming together um, at the same time or the right time. Uh, now, remember, also, the target nation at any time will, you know, will apply their own criteria to what an act of war is, okay? Um, any nation can decide, well, any surveillance platforms monitoring our military installations, well, we will take that as an act of war. So that's, the, that's why we have to do these things on the sly, covertly, because we never know when a target nation is going to play that card, You know, yeah, we know you've been up there. We assume you've been up there, but you know what? Now we're going to declare that we're tired of it and we're just going to use that as a means of carrying out our military objectives on you. So this is the um, the eggshell game that gets played anytime you're doing any kind of collections, be it technical collections or or human intelligence. It's it's just it's a high wire act sometimes.
2: And this happens both in peacetime and wartime.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's the in now in wartime, it can become more overt. It can become obviously much more aggressive. Um, so that's why if you're wanting to see the signs of us, we're about to go from peacetime to wartime. You know, yeah. Pay attention to, you know, how much uh, uh, adversarial um, surveillance technology is being detected being revealed because um, that that is an indicator
2: one of the indicators that I have noticed is the amount of differences that is being spread around social media especially mm-hmm. about what these things are we know the first mm-hmm. one that crashed into or that was knocked out of the sky by the F-22 in South Carolina we know that was hit by an AIM-9 missile an AIM-9X mm-hmm. missile pardon me Specialized Missile. Mm-hmm. The next three, we're hearing they didn't have balloons on them. Then we're hearing they did have balloons on them. Then we're hearing that they're a bunch of metal wrapped in balloon type of materials. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do we find out now? Oh, then there's been rumors that they can't find the crash sites of where these things crashed into. It, you know, there's a lot going on here that... yeah is going on yet we hear that they know what these objects are well if you don't know where they are how do you know what these objects are
3: well you could be uh, com- uh, you know um an SR-71 which the Soviets certainly knew eventually what it was um you know if it crashed somewhere in Siberia they certainly knew it was an SR-71 but they might not be able to find it so, so that that's an easy one um there, there's also when people think of balloons they think of only i, I think didn't one of these go down in the ocean there's, or or lake michigan or something lake huron it, it, yeah lake huron and you saw it being you know pulled up in the water people think of balloons as you know a, a traditional balloon a balloon can be a semi-rigid or rigid um construction uh, uh hull or object you know that um has flight Lighter than air capabilities, um, and so therefore, semi-rigids can take all manner of shapes. You know um, that can look like you know, oh, it looked like a flying saucer. Or it looked like a cylinder. It, it, it there there are these um, objects that are shaped like that, and some of them are immense. You know, some some of these the the, the light materials, ultra light materials out there, they can shape these things. Um, almost like anything that they they want to. But, um, you know, just because they may not be able to find where it went down doesn't mean they didn't know what it was. Um, Another issue is maybe they don't, maybe they don't want to draw attention to where they are retrieving the thing they could know very well where it is, but they, they want to feign ignorance because they don't want people out there getting in the way of a search, or they don't want people seeing up close the details of what the thing is. Um, there could be a number of reasons why they tell us, oh, gee, we don't know where it is, or oh, gee, we don't know exactly what it is. Another reason why they would say we don't know what it is, is simply, believe it or not, that, that for example, they wouldn't want the Chinese to know how much they know. About, you know, their um, uh, aerial surveillance platform technology, you know, they want to play this public game of ignorance, uh, because maybe um, the means by which they know that might endanger a very valuable human intelligence source that's why they'll lie about knowledge of technology um, very often is because we have some type of inside source that's deep inside that's maybe on a high level that the only way we could know certain things is because that individual talked that individual in their own ranks and then it'll get that person killed okay in the in the days of the cold war you know the the it would get the, our, our Soviet in our insiders in the Soviet union. It would just get them killed. It would get them executed. So when you hear them, you know, Oh golly, we don't know who it is or, or whatever it, that more often than not, is they're protecting a valuable human intelligence source or a valuable technical source that they have in place um, that they don't want to sacrifice which
2: which does make sense okay because in the end this is a big game
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i and i think we yeah. we all have to whether you're civilian or not you have to realize that this is a big game of who has more chest hair than the other country yeah. and uh let's face it it's going to continue on it's been happening for decades it's going to continue mm-hmm. on for decades until something homogenized happens on this planet and yeah. and that's just the way it is But the idea that, you know, people are freaking out that these drones, I'm going to call them drones, are all different sizes and shapes. To me, that doesn't bother me. You know, they're like, well, all of them aren't the same. They're all different. They Mm -hmm. all look like UFOs. That's great. That's great. But wouldn't it be best to have these different type of shapes and sizes of drones in order to see what gets detected the least?
3: Yeah, sure. They're testing, they're testing the various models. They're testing just that. Also, let's not, let's not discount the possibility that the Chinese on purpose, you know, oh, Americans, they're UFO crazy. We'll make all our surveillance platforms look like, you know, flying saucers and things from, you know, the movies, because there will be enough people that'll fall for it. See, it looks like a flying saucer. Therefore it is. And, you know, I, I, and, and they could be just doing that on purpose. But it, you bring up a very good point. It could be that they test various models and shapes to see, just like you said, what works best, what's easier to hide above the clouds or in a cloud, what, what shape disappears with altitude, right? Um, at least from the eye or camera lenses, the best. Um, what, what shapes um, aren't, are, are radar stealthy? You know, let's. We, we're applying stealth to aircraft. We're applying stealth to landcraft and and naval sea craft. Well, you can apply stealth to these semi-rigid um, aerial platforms.
4: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
2: You really can. But, I mean, I I really do believe, though, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that with the technology today getting smaller and smaller, you don't need a Zeppelin-sized balloon in order to be carrying a a lot of impressive cargo that's going to be picking up intelligence or sending signals with photographs to satellite image for satellites.
3: Right. Well, you know, take – look how – uh transistor technology has developed to the point where it's like paper thin right and 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 the the circuitry is tiny, tiny, microscopic, you know you you get into nanotechnology too. Uh, you know, think how lightweight that is. you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be anything like you say colossal or gigantic anymore it It can be um, literally ten feet across or or you know even smaller. Um And and of course, you have to consider, uh, you know, withstanding the altitude and the the wind currents and blah, blah, blah and all that. But, you know, you bring up a very good point. These things can be all manner of sizes and shapes because of the technology we have at hand.
2: One of the big questions that's been coming around and it's been asked in our chat room already is about the propulsion mm-hmm. systems. Are these types of balloons or craft, whatever you want to call them. Uh, are they reliant on the jet stream or are they or do you think they are actually being propelled by some sort of electromagnetic frequency or something along those lines
3: i think there's likely both and um some one i you know some type of propulsion technology as well as taking advantage of the jet stream why not You know, because you take advantage of the jet stream and, you know, um, that's less energy that your propulsion system has to expend. So you design the thing, you set it out on a course where, you know, the jet stream will will carry it to the general area it needs to go. And then you turn on your propulsion system to where you can more finely um, uh, uh, move the thing, you know, where you need it to be, aim the lens so to speak where it needs to be or god forbid um where you're going to drop your payload particularly your bioweapon payload
2: right right so how does that work for those of us who aren't very scientifically or weatherly inclined how does a jet stream work to go would it go right across the arctic would it and then come down or where would they launch it would they launch it from a plane would they launch it from a boat where do you think
3: I uh, I would think logically um they would have some that can be launched from aircraft and that would be your smaller ones um depending upon where they launch it from you know at, at sea they might stand the chance of being you know detected possibly so you know maybe from you know a ground launch um they would still have to be careful of our surveillance stuff so if I had to guess and I'm guessing here, cause this is not my expertise. If I had to guess, I would say the high altitude aircraft is really the best way. Cause they can pop that out of that aircraft. Um, and you know, high enough to where then it gets where they need it to be. And then they can activate whatever they need to activate you know, to make it operational. But uh, I would say, um, for China, um, Doing it from high-altitude aircraft would be the best. But then again, i that's a wild guess on my part because I'm not an expert on that particular thing.
2: But we also have to realize, too, that China doesn't have a lot of aircraft outside of their brand-new right. stealth fighter that's just come right. out the last couple of years that could get to any sort of altitude or or any sort of surveillance from... A higher area that, say, the U-2 or or whatever, replace the SR-71 that's flying around now could get to.
3: As far as we know, remember, this goes back then to what I was saying about, okay, we have to trust our official sources that say, no, no, nay, nay, China doesn't have this. But then again, they might very well indeed have some small capacity in that regard, but we don't want them to know we know it for both strategic reasons and for um, the reasons of protecting the source that led us to that knowledge. see. So, uh, again, we can't trust what our officials say we don't know. We, we can't necessarily accept that because of those reasons.
2: Well, do you think that they do? I mean, we know the Russians really haven't had a high-altitude aircraft since the MiG-25, which was literally built to bring down the U-2 and the SR-71.
3: Right. You know, if you can launch something to the moon, what other capabilities do you have? Uh, You know, I bring this up. You know, people have have criticized me when I've said, hey, you know, they say, well, how could we put – people up in space without the public knowing about it. Okay. Um, Well, for instance, look at the air force launches rockets from Vandenberg air force base in front of every, I mean, everybody who lives in California knows when they launch something. Now um, not everybody involved with launching that rocket knows what's on the payload. Okay. It would be very easy. Okay. To put a sealed payload with a human crew on one of those rockets and launch them into space, the launch is known publicly. And if people, you know, people scream, Oh, the telemetry signal for the life support systems. Come on. If you don't think by 2023, we haven't mastered masking you know communications for life support systems you know you you're you're naive and then there's always the guy that says well my uncle Ted was a security uh, troop air force security troop at Vandenberg, and he says no way well i hate to tell you but uh, your uncle Ted you know sergeant Snuffy who was a security guard ain't gonna be briefed in on what's on the uh, payloads either so my point is we certainly have the means to have been putting even people, personnel and all sorts of things up in space because the classified payloads, they could be doing the same thing with, sure, rocket launches we're aware of, but who knows what they're capable of once they get up there. So, um, And again, we could very well know exactly what they're doing, but then it comes back to We don't want to say because our source for that will be compromised. So uh, again, it comes back to we, the folks out here are the mushrooms, right? Living in the dark and fed fertilizer because we're just not in the position to know what they don't really know.
2: Walter Bosley, former intelligence officer, is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We got about three minutes, Walter, before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. When you have public unrest, the way that this subject is really taken off within the media, I mean, does this play into an intelligence officer's hands, or does it, or does it just complicate things because of all the different messages that are getting out there?
3: A good intelligence agent, intelligence officer, and, you know, the intelligence program manager. Is going to optimize the circumstances as much as possible at every turn. Um, now, it depends upon the individual situation as to whether they will be able to optimize that. But um, there, there, there's usually a way to turn that in 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 your favor from the intelligence perspective, even if. You know, it's just perception management
2: because it's it's part of the mind game.
3: Yeah, it's it's part of what you're projecting. It's part of what you want to keep your adversary guessing at. Now, the brand I did, I wasn't involved with any nefarious lying to the public. Okay, every everything I did was involved with what was there lying and and undercover stuff and and perception management. Heck yeah, all the time. But it was truly aimed at the adversary. It was aimed, you know, before the wall came down at the, at the Soviets. And then, you know, when I really got into CE ops, it, it was the early days of the post Soviet Russia, you know, the Russian military and, and their version of the, of the, uh, I think the new KGB was the SVRR or something. It changed. The acronyms changed a couple of times during those years, but it, it was always ultimately aimed at keeping the enemy's enemy on its toes okay and and always assuming they're not naive they're going to know you're playing a perception management game but they're not always going to know what you're hiding okay so it's like we all know the game we're playing the game on each other the trick is what is the shell game actually hiding that's what you're trying to figure out you know and what do you mean
2: by that is we got about a minute to go
3: just that when you're playing perception management games, it, it, it's it's just that you're just you're just kind of you're trying to sh- uh, shelter over what either your true objective is or, or what the the asset is or, or what the technology is that you're trying to protect so that ultimately, uh, you know, if it does come to military conflict you have your, you've got your hammer and your hammer's not compromised so that when you get into it, you can pull that hammer out and hopefully it'll be unexpected so that when you bring it down on the enemy, you've got, you know, you've got that initial strike, that, that upper hand. So the perception management game is usually played to um, either make the enemy go in the wrong direction or just not be quite sure what you have and how effective it might be.
2: Our resident spy, Walter Bosley, former intelligence agent, now a researcher, author, extraordinary. You can find all of his books online. We are going to continue with this update on the latest news regarding the shoot down of drones. Yes, we are both of the opinion that the aliens have not landed. No, the aliens have not landed, people. Keep your tin foil on the rack. It's not needed yet. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Well, Susie thinks I have nice hair today. Thank you, Susie. I had to do it this way to
3: compete with Walter. <laughs> uh, yeah, particularly after I shaved my head for my movie uh, some months back. And, you know, it's... It grew back in. you looking stellar, my friend. Looking stellar. We're both looking good, Dave.
2: Yeah, both, no, that's we're, true. We're
3: just a, couple of, we're a couple of what they call silver foxes, right?
2: That, I mean, the, hey. that, that is very true. That is very true. <laughs> Some of us more silver than others. But, <laughs> yes. All right, I'm just going to quickly uh, uh, step away here for a second. We'll turn it over to Dirty Filth. He's going to let you know about how his art is going to go in Vegas and for our fan party, and then where you can find his, his calendar and his book. And, uh, Walter, if you want, you can hang out, or we'll put you back in the green room. Up to you.
3: Uh, put me back in the green room for a couple of minutes, All right, however
2: long you need. All right, buddy. There you go. You're in the green room. I'll be right back, Dirty.
3: All right, I'll do that plug
5: thing, Dave. If you would like a copy of my art, or if you want to buy calendar or a book, or you can just send me a nice email. Just go to filthy.com. F-Y-L-T-H-Y dot com. And you go to Vegas, and I'll just give you artwork if I find you, or you find me, one of the two. I'll have the whitest dome in the entire building. I got like 10,000 art cards. Well, 10,000 metric art cards, so... Well, look, there's there's that guy lurking in the background. Unbelievable. Yeah, come to Vegas. I'll give you artwork. I'll tell you some interesting stories. Yeah. sounds Vegas or bust, says Pixie Laura. I set up another monitor so I could read the chat room better. Instead of trying to stare through my little lens thing. Yes. Kira will also be there. Dave will be there, too. And Merle. Merle's going to be there. They're going to hate us because they're going to have like all these Merls going off at all different times. It's going to be just absolutely insane. I feel sorry for those poor guys. It's going to get banned. Super Duke! We're going to get kicked out of the Golden Nugget forever. <clears throat> Reason? Too many Merls. Also, I'm going to bring a couple original drawings, if anybody wants to buy them. And Otherwise, I got like 10,000 art cards. I was handing them out to even random strangers on the elevator. And then some guy started talking about being in the Navy and some of his friends seeing weird things. And I was like, oh, you should email me. And he never did, of course, but he's probably just pulling my leg. it'll definitely be fun I think I'm probably gonna draw cartoons in between everybody doing their little half hour break or whatever there's a fairly good possibility that Dave might twist my arm for a slice of pizza I'll probably just be sitting there drawing cartoons anyway so I don't think I need gambling money. Donate to a local animal shelter instead. That's a much better way to spend your money. Unless you're that Enzo guy who won like a billion dollars in Vegas the last time. What a guy. I actually put 20 in the machine and I came out with 13 or 15 bucks on top. So it wasn't too bad. And I forgot about it when I got home, and I had 15 bucks American in my pocket, and I took it to the thing and got it an exchanged, so I had like $97 Canadian. Rounded down.
2: Hey, filth. How you doing,
5: hey, Dave, buddy? how's it going? Well, I've been sitting here rambling to the crowd since you've been gone.
2: Good. Good, we like it when you do that. I told them if
5: they come to Vegas, then there's a high probability they'll get some artwork.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we do our best. You know, and you're going to do your best because you're pretty awesome.
5: I only do the best, Dave.
2: I know. I know. And we appreciate it. I feel like we should break into song. No. No? Hi, Gregory777. How are you doing? I'll hit the mosh pit, though. Hey, why not? I'll join you. We got 319 people watching. This is really good. Really good. Thank you, everybody, for tuning us on in, especially if you're new. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button or the thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. It helps with our algorithms. Thank you to Louie with a hat trick, Phil, Deb, Melinda, Philip and Susie B. for the amazing Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. I will be at UFOCon 2023 in San Francisco in a few short weeks. Come join me. Get your tickets at UFOCon2023.com. And here we go with the second hour, everybody.
3: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show.
2: Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you Listening on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zoilism. Zoyalism is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night, right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with our good friend, Walter Bosley. He spent 20 years in the intelligence community. Now he's an author, researcher. You can find all of his books on Amazon. Walter, thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it, my man.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I I like being here. This is a lot of fun.
2: We are going to get to some audience questions here in in just a little bit of time here, but I I want to ask you, in regards to public panic, should the public be panicking right now about this entire game that's going on, or should we just be taking it as it is the highlighted topic of the news for the day, and uh, you know, there's a lot of other things we need to be worrying about, like what's happening in Ohio right now?
3: Right. Well they no one should ever panic no matter what's happening try try to curb panic because panic uh makes any situation worse um as far as uh worrying worrying is useless cuz you know it's just self-destructive um as far as being concerned uh some that should be part of the plethora of what people have going through their minds right now because uh, we don't know what the intention of these um, platforms that have been shut down um, are. Uh, we, we just don't know for sure. So um, I, I, would, I would be concerned. Yes, I'm concerned personally about, um, about these shoot downs and in, in what the intention was until we learn more.
2: Okay, so the intentions, uh, the chances of us knowing what these intentions are or what they are all about really seem like a moot point. Because the U.S. government or the Canadian government, since they're both involved in this right now, are not going to give up details, even if what they found is a drone or a balloon or whatever it may be. So how do we find out information if they're not going to tell us what they have?
3: Well you You bring up a very good point they they could very well know or or get a better have a much better grasp on what the intention of China was in having these things
4: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
3: Up there, where they did and when they did, um, the 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 downside to that is um, not knowing what their intention is until it's obvious. If it's a bad intention, and that would mean, you know, um, some type of strike on our mainland. Um, this is one of the potential reasons for those things being put over our skies is again going back to gathering the intel on the readiness of our important military bases Um, i'll tell you right now the intention of the chinese could have been that these things were shut down because what they could have measured was the response time the level of response and the response time of our fighter craft and and what have you and that's very valuable um, for strategic purposes, because then it, it tells you how much force to go in with. It tells you maybe, you know, what kind of attack to wage, uh, what to expect when you do wage that attack, how much time you'll have to drop the bombs or drop the bioweapons uh, between the time your platform is detected and the American or Canadian jets can get to it and shoot it down. Um, You know, the intention could be, yeah, of course, we're going to get shot down. But this is giving us every step of the way, valuable data we need for an actual attack. And that could be the stage we're at. And this could explain why our military Um, allows, it, you know, the idea that it could be UFOs from another world to be encouraged to keep people's minds off of what really may be going on or what they're seriously concerned is going on. And, you know, not to stir up fear, you know, or or the panic, which I said should be avoided, but you know what? We also got to be honest, you know. um, We live in a world which war just keeps happening, you know, and, and will continue to happen. And, uh, you know, um, no society, no civilization, no country wants to think that we're anywhere near a war when wars break out. Um, you know, everybody's kind of going about their business until the balloon drops, so to speak, no pun intended. So um, yeah, on, on the cynical side, the, the unfortunate side is that could have been the exact intention of these things, just to know what to expect, when they do send an attack um, you know it's just but something that's got to what be kind
2: what kind of information could these be looking for? like you mentioned a response time from the Air Force. We know yeah. that a couple of them they were followed, they were being watched is Is sure. that all preparation just to kind of screw with whomever launched these like we assume it 's the Chinese. Is that just, a, you know, to kind of screw with them to say, hey, you know, maybe we've been watching you for six days, but we're getting you mm-hmm. on day seven because we're tired of playing games rather than, yeah, than it, getting it, it right it, off it, the it, bat.
3: Sure. That that could very well be, you know, a part of it. And, and to show, see, we can we know you're up there. We can keep an eye on you. We can take you out at any time. But at the same time maybe they're trying to ascertain as soon as possible and as extensively as possible as to what this thing actually is, as far as what kind of payload it could be carrying, you know, um, is it showing, is there any possibility that it is some type of weapon, you know, be it a bio weapon or an EMP type of technology, um, that could uh, be at the same time, the reason for following it before shooting it down. You know, a lot of people complain, well, uh, and, and yeah, it doesn't look good, you, you know, when they allowed that, that initial one, right, to fly a certain path over the United States, uh, flying over several military installations in major cities, it could be that they were, you know, of course, were capable of shooting it down any time, but they were collecting I both, you know, they were using every means they had to collect on the thing. And should it have given any indication of dropping any kind of weapon or, or, um, uh, you know, initiating any kind of attack, be it bio bio or or electromagnetic, you know, okay, shoot it down at that moment. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a game that's played on multiple levels and from our perspective, you know, as citizens, Um, we we're, 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 you know, our lives are in the hands of these people that are playing these games. And I don't mean that necessarily in a nefarious way, because I was one of those involved in that game. And and I assure you, it was my, my intent was, you know, I was playing the game. So my fellow American citizens outside the game didn't have to. You know, that's the way a lot of the people, the worker bees in that community, we we look at it that way. We want, just like Canadian citizens, you know, we want the, you know, free citizens of the world to not have to worry about these things. We want them to enjoy their Super Bowl. We want them to enjoy having their barbecues and living their lives and raising their kids without worry, okay, that they're going to be attacked. So we play this intelligence game, you know, to... to keep on top of what any potential attacker is doing. And that's really the, you know, the heart and soul of the people doing this stuff. Now, where it becomes nefarious, as we know, is when we get, um, you know, things like the the, industry involved, right? The legendary nefarious, again, using that word military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned the people of the United States of and, you know, has proven time and again that because money is made off of, War, um, they don't care so much about playing their games um, for the protection of people. They're playing their games to determine what technology that um, they're going to offer that they're going to make a lot of money on, you know, but um, the, 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 the standard Intel, you know, agent, officer, operative, um, that person is doing it with true and good intentions, you know, usually um so
2: that's what you hope
3: yeah. yeah that's what you hope and of course uh, look there's always there's always bad cops right this is what i say as a former federal agent uh there's a reason we have internal affairs departments you know divisions in police departments and federal agencies because you're right there are people who are given these positions of trust in that case you know a badge and a gun and they are bad people they turn out to be not trustworthy And, you know, they turn out to betray everything that they're supposed to be doing. Um, And, and yeah, you're right. That happens. (laughs) That happens way more often than it should. Not quite as often, you know, thank God or whatever, um, as people might think. Um, But, uh, again, um, it's the world we live in. The world we live in is not perfect, and there are bad players.
2: I think that's a fair comment. I do want to ask you. You know, in those days where they are probably scanning whatever craft these are, are they or do does the United States military or whatever they have scanning it have the power to say, okay, uh, we are detecting uh, this type of gas? with inside of it uh, or it looks like it may have bombs uh, tied up underneath are they Mm -hmm. doing that are they getting close enough to maybe scan these beforehand
3: i don't know all the specifics on that and remember my information goes only on on air force stuff in particular you know ended in my direct access to that information ended in 1999, summer of 99, when I came off active duty and went into counterterrorism stuff. Um, but based on what I knew back then, I'm going to say, yes, of course we do. So imagine what we probably have now in the 24 years since I've been out. Um, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you the specifics um, of that. But uh, I think that would be an easy yes
2: yeah, I, I, I would think that they would or have, have the technology to beam it up with a laser to try and, say, figure it out. That would just make sure. sense. That that would just make complete sense regarding it. Yeah. Okay, the idea that a lot of these have been brought down in areas where there is little population, the, the South Carolina one crashed into the ocean. We have the one... That was crashed into Lake Huron, uh, Alaska and the Yukon have very few people in those areas where they w- these objects would have been taken down when When you look at the where these were taken down in low populous areas, is that on mm-hmm. purpose to save people or to keep the secret
3: um Yeah, it's, it's, it's both. It's, it's obvious physical safety. I mean, it's always better to shoot something down right over an open body of water rather than a populated area. But it also at the same time, yeah, it helps keep people from seeing exactly what it is. So again, that goes back to um, what you do or don't want your adversaries to know. But uh, when you don't want the public to know, um, to see what these things are, uh, it, it, it's because you, you don't want the looky-loos. You don't want the looky-loos who are going to talk about what it is they're seeing. Um, also, there might be something in the technology that makes it a hazard, some type of hazardous material. You know, You got to consider the hazmat aspect of today's technology. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's to protect the people and to also keep something um, as, as uh, undercover as possible.
4: All right. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
2: Right, one of the big things that a lot of people have been talking about lately, and this is one of the things I want to get into before we get to some audience questions, is Project Bluebeam has been thrown around like anything over the last number of days. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, or maybe I should explain what Project Bluebeam is to a lot of people who may not know. Basically, it is a project that put out. Where a lot of things are said to happen, but don't really happen, and they're more for false flag type events to try and throw people off in order to get support for any type of action that happens. I think I hit that kind of good there, but um, you know your thoughts on whether or not this could be a project blue beam type event or if the conspiracy theorist tinfoil hat wearing crowd is you know, pushing this a little too far?
3: Well, there's definitely some of that going on. You know, there's always the people that want to spin this kind of stuff into something that it's not. Um, but uh, here's, the, here's the thing. You can gauge to what extent the scenarios you laid out are are potentially true or not. Now, if we're shooting down something that we put up there to say, look what the Chinese have up there and they're going to attack us and such, you know, you need to get behind this uh, military action that we want. Well, if it's absolutely not true, I guarantee you, the Chinese are going to come out and say, Oh, (laughs) no way. That wasn't us. You're playing perception games with your own people that, you know um, that's one reaction they can have. Um, It could also be another version of that could be, as I said before, um, this goes on all the time and for perception and propaganda, we've decided now to shoot them down now when we've known they've been up there all along. Okay. And, and, um, that could be also to stir up, you know, Hey, we need to, we need to get into this, this military action against this adversary. Cause, cause look what they're doing. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 could be that as well and then the chinese let's say we did that they wouldn't deny if it was their stuff they're not going to come out and deny it was their stuff but they're going to see the spin we're putting on it you know if if that's the case um and then the other the other choices of doing that as i described already is to uh protect our sources of knowledge and and again just show off something we have you know, to counter these things, um, you know, so uh, and and you can't always, as your commenter there said, um, you, you can't actually uh, trust China is telling the truth about their Berlin side. that's true. That's absolutely true, because they might not want to reveal, want something revealed about what they've put up there. So they don't want to say too much about it just in case we haven't figured something out or to deflect us from looking for anything else. Um, as you see, it's a much layered game.
2: Okay. It, being a layered game, China mm-hmm. was very quick to condemn the United States when the balloon was shot down, the original one, the first one. They were yeah. quick to send out a message. But these last three, they've been completely silent on. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is?
3: Well, again, um, there 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 could be multiple reasons. Maybe they were th- hoping, thinking um, that the one was going to be the first one was going to be the only one. So that was their response. But then we, you know, <laughs> kept shooting these things down, and now they're, you know, they're they may be in a position of, oh, yikes, okay, um, they're not going to take this off of us anymore. Maybe these things have been up there but weren't being applied as aggressively until now, and that's why we shot them down, and you, you know. I've painted kind of a dark, grim picture of what they could have been doing and this, what this could be forecasting. Let's look at the, let's look at the bright side. Um, it could be that maybe the response they saw would, was demonstrating, uh, you know, our force capability, our readiness, um, would not be in their favor. I True. Mean, so they're, they're kind of hoping this goes away is what I'm trying to say. Their China? silence could be that they're just hoping it go. okay, you got us. We'll just, we want this to go away. Um, but we can only guess.
2: Okay. So, but would they not take responsibility for their own technology?
3: Well, yeah. Why do that when it's already been shot down? And the the you know the 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 country that shot it down is saying what they're saying about it, and you know it's kind of like a cat that's out of the bag, you know. So just on to the next thing. Uh, or again, again, maybe their sources tell them that we haven't figured out everything about that technology, and they certainly don't want to give too much away Um, you know uh, perhaps they don't want to cop to it to make us wonder who actually sent it if it was that um, deep of a program if it was a a program classified deeply enough by them it could be that well they're playing the it's not ours game look at look at the russians maybe it's them um, Again, from our perspective, we can only guess. But those are the possibilities. Those are the possible realities from my perspective as a guy who was in that world.
2: You know, speaking of uh, Project Bluebeam here for a minute, comedian Louis C.K. has tweeted out recently that uh, the UFOs were a distraction from Ohio. Ohio is a distraction from the Nord Stream pipeline. All of it was created by Project Bluebeam. And new One World Order is coming if we don't stop it. I mean, this, this is the stuff that people are reading on the Internet, man.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and using to back up conclusions that are being jumped to. Well, you know, I saw this on the Internet or, hey, this guy says, and it sounds reasonable within a conspiracy, a conspiratorial context. Right. But it doesn't mean it's what's true. It doesn't mean that it's accurate. Um, and, and this is, this contributes to the very thing that intelligence agencies and players, um, like to feed, um, you know, until you have an answer, maybe it's best to keep the looky-loos in the public, you know, spazzing out over something that it's not because you know that it's not, and you know that, well, that's, that's not a real danger. That's not a threat, but it buys us time to figure out exactly what's going on. Well, you know what? We've got about 20 seconds left,
2: and I was going to ask you another follow-up question, but I'll probably just hold off because when we return from the break here at the bottom of the hour, we have Walter Bosley until the top of the hour here. Uh, We will get to some audience questions in our chat rooms, and uh, we really do appreciate Walter uh, coming on in. And, you know, this is why I love him. I mean, when it comes to talking sense about these subjects, Walter is one of the greatest when it comes to it. And I'm so glad he's here with us tonight to break this all down after a busy weekend of the Air Force taking down four objects. The Navy Zero. And you know the Air Force is laughing at that. Spaced out radio. Chinese balloons. Spying. Espionage continues. Right after this, on the Mighty S.O.R. All right, let's say hello to Soul Seeker. How are you? Welcome in Ian Watts, official. Welcome to S.O.R. Chat. And who else has joined us here? Late Magnus for Magnuson. Good to see you. And uh, Damon Walker. Welcome to S.O.R. Chat. Who else am I missing here? Oh, uh, that's... Mr. Cowley, welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced-out radio. That's my poetic version. Sweet Donnie C., how you doing? Oh, yes. Random guy's on fire tonight. The biggest threat, in his opinion, is not balloons. It's hypersonic missiles launched from cargo ships. Yes. That would suck, Sagittarius. Yeah. Dad, nice to see you. Uh, lovey, love. I said hello to you when you first came in, so don't get mad at me that that you missed out on your hello, lovey, love. How are you? <laughs> All right. Remember, guys, uh, uh, if you could do me a favor, put your questions in capital letters my eyes are getting weaker here. And uh, and so uh, when you put your questions in capital letters, it makes it a hell of a lot easier for me to to read them. Uh, Preston Beckett, good to see you. The scowling. You, Grandpa. What are you talking about? Hey, well, let's figure out what uh, dirty filth here uh, drew for us today. Let's take a little peek yeah. here, Drew. What do you got here?
3: I like that.
4: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
5: It's probably what they're saying right about now.
6: Oh, yeah. You're pretty much on
2: time. Look,
5: Martha, the plant that shoots everything out, out of the sky. I was like, okay, roll up the windows and lock the door. We're out of here. hmm The Milky Way is off limits. They got, like, the police tape around the Milky Way now.
2: No kidding.
5: No. Good job, humans. You ruin it for everybody.
2: Yeah, just can't allow the <laughs> aliens to come here for a friendly vacation. You know they wanted
5: to go visit the Sasquatch and now they can't.
2: No, it's all out. It's all out. And by the way, that is an incredible drawing of North America and South America there, bud. Way to nail that. That looks awesome.
5: Although you did Does Cuba look like the size it should be? Or is that just a Mandela effect? Thing? That's a
2: Mandela effect and you got it way more south. But you also forgot Labrador off of Newfoundland.
5: I guess I'm going to get beat up by a bunch of newfies.
2: Yeah, the newfies are going to
5: be oh, pissed. knowing no you, Dave.
2: Hi, double A, double A. Welcome. All right. Uh, right. Let's see here. Dave has perpetually tired eyes. Give the man a break and put your questions in caps. Thanks, Jules. Appreciate that. That's actually true. That's actually true. Hey, by the way, that was a nice uh, shot of blob there, uh, Filth.
5: Yeah, she was getting rowdy, and then the gargoyle was up here too and smacking at her tail. And Good thing the microphone wasn't on because I was swearing.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I can explain.
5: all right i'm gonna go jump in the chat room
2: all right good night dirty filth
5: hey have a good night everybody
2: there goes dirty the man the myth and the legend all rolled into one let's see if he actually logs himself out this time because i can't take him out will he log himself out he's still there he sometimes forgets we got about one minute here walt all This is fun times though. Completely oh, different. Yeah. You know, I, I'm actually enjoying what's going on. I, I, maybe that's a sick and twisted me going on. Uh, but I'm actually, enjoying no, look,
3: this. look, look, look at it as you're, uh, a, a mind and soul prepared for what might happen. So, you know, you know, you can deal with it, you know, take it head on. And so that's, I think where that comes from, you know, uh, so, you know, that's the, that's a positive way to look at it, and that's the way I look at it.
2: Oh, well, very much so. Very much so. Give me two seconds here. Big thank you to Susie B., Philip, Melinda, Deb, Phil, and Louie times 3 for the Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to say hello, Kira. I did say hello to you as well. Uh, you've got to scroll back and find it. Yes, I said hello, beautiful Kira. Uh, anyways, let's uh, kick this thing off, and uh, that way Walter can go to bed at the top of the hour. Here we go. Past the halfway point of spaced out radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, former intelligence officer Walter Bosley is with us, and we are going over what is going on between these balloons, these drones. Whatever the heck they are, and we're going to turn this over to some audience questions now for you. And let's start off with Joe in California, Walter, who is asking, "What about the balloons we didn't shoot down? How many up there right now?"
3: That's right. Who knows? Who knows, Joe? That's a that's a very good question, and you can bet that they're up there, and not just from China. From you know, the Russians probably have them. I mean, even our allies will. We'll do that. And and let's not fool ourselves. You know, at least, you know, the United States, we're doing the same thing. So, yeah, there's a lot more up there, I would say. Mm-hmm. more.
2: How much, uh, you know, adding to that question, though, what's the chances of of a lot more of these being picked up by civilians who are now looking in the sky trying to find these objects?
3: Um, any civilians with the capability to observe, you know, at, at the altitude, the high altitude that they're at, um, you know, now, now they're going to be looking and think about it. We can look at the surface of the moon, right. You know, uh, with incredible clarity uh, compared to how it used to be. So, you know, 40,000 feet in the air is, is going to be nothing. Um, So yeah, people are going to be looking. And what that means is the people putting things up there, are going to have to adjust if they don't want to be seen by, you know, just civilians, they're going to have to come up with, um, you know, some type of, uh, advanced platform technology that will be less detectable.
2: Right. Okay. Let's go over to Jules here. Where do they go or what happens to these craft after they complete their mission?
3: Well, a couple of things. They, they used to be they would retrieve the balloons, you know, these, these platforms. And then um, also at the same time, uh, some would simply uh, drop packets, so to speak, and they would go retrieve them where they landed. Uh, others could be retrieved in the air by aircraft with the, the kind of the hook capture kind of thing uh for example if you've ever seen that uh, old john wayne movie the green berets you see them pick up a captured um north vietnamese officer with uh the um i um, can't remember what the aircraft was it might have been what we call the c47 or whatever but it's got the um it's got the uh, arms extending that go out like a v and the 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 Person was connected to a balloon, actually, and there's the cable there. And the plane comes in and scoops up the cable and he yanked him up in the air and they they pull him inside. Um, that's a very crude description of what I'm talking about. It, it's kind of a high, a high altitude version of that. So there are multiple ways to um, collect the data. Now, of course, in our times, it could simply be, you know, via Uh, You know, a a computer in a a download where they just log in, you know, at a computer and and the sensors are sending this data digitally, you know, that would be the easiest way. And um, they make it from materials that um, are easily destructible, Um, or they can design them to where, okay, if it goes down and you capture the means by which this data is being distributed, the data itself is not stored on that system so you're not getting what the 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 platform collected so it's it's these days it's any number of those possibilities i would i would say it's increasingly the the digital retrieval method but um, they generally let them just fall and land and you know let the elements eat away at them
2: all right let's continue on here let's go to swishy ishy who's asking, how much money do you think was wasted in shooting down that balloon with a missile?
3: Well, it was, it was a target of concern, and missiles are designed uh, to shoot down targets of concern. So, um, look, even if it was just a basic military intelligence collection platform, uh, that was not money wasted that was um, uh, resources expended in the manner in which they were designed according to their mission. So that's not a waste of money. There are other things you can point to that's a wa- that are a waste of money, but that's, in my opinion, that's not a waste of money.
2: Uh, Human Carl wants to correct you on something. He says uh, they were C-130s stationed at Natrang.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So it, it wasn't So All right. Cool. Thanks for that info. Yes. I, I, I was doing a brain dump on the actual aircraft that uh, you see doing that. But uh, cool. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's continue on here. Let's go to scowling Greg O'Brien. He is happy when he's scowling. Uh, he asks, why use drones or balloons to spy when satellites are available?
3: Yes. Very good. Uh, that's, that's a very astute question. Well, uh, the balloons could be the means to cover what a satellite is collecting. Oh, the balloons collected this when actually they have an even deeper classified satellite, you know, so it can be for coverage, but also, um, go back to that, um, testing our readiness. You know, that could be the reason the drones and balloons were primarily used, not so much to collect, just to test our readiness. So there's there's a couple of answers right there. Um also if the balloon is intended to drop a particular thing like a bioweapon into the air um you know or do something EMP related, it might be that the 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 uh aerial platform that's not in orbit Is the way to go because of, for instance, those jet streams you talk about. So, so there's a number of legitimate reasons to use these drones and balloons, um, other than spying. Um, uh, In fact, the spying part could be just a side mission of what the actual intention was. But there's a number of legitimate reasons why we would use these things, even though satellites exist. You know, why continue to use airplanes? Well. You know, the balloons serve a different function than the satellites, just like airplanes serve a different function than satellites. So satellites are not an end-all, be-all um, resource, They asset. They, they serve their function.
2: All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Mothwing. Walter, what is your opinion on why they are just now publicly reporting this if it's been happening regularly for years?
3: happening regularly um well because these things got uh far down enough or close enough or whatever you want to call it to be seen okay so uh, I, i i as i explained several minutes ago um it's a game we're playing too and it could be that nothing aggressive was done until now so um And, and also we don't always want the adversary to know what we know they're doing. So those are, those are three good reasons right there. Um, it, it, that, that, what this, the the angle of, of like this question, I'm not saying Mothwing's doing it, but that's the kind of question that the people that want to say, aha, so therefore, you know, it was otherworldly because if it had been happening before, we would have heard about it. No, <laughs> no, um, you know, in, in that particular instance, again, I'm not saying Mothwing is saying this, but, um, you know, it, it's just all part of the, the Intel collections game that is played and how it's played.
2: All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Human Carl, a great veteran. Thank you for your service, Human Carl. How much would a tactical-sized nuclear device capable of producing EMP weight?
3: How much would it weigh? Um, well, think about it. There are, you know, it's commonly talked about tactical nukes that are in, you know, a briefcase, right? So um, a briefcase implies something that your average healthy human being could carry. So, you know, we're talking, it it could be as light as, you know, 30 or 40 pounds. Um, I'm again, I'm not a nuclear weapons expert. So, you know, God knows how small they can, relatively small, they can make these things. Now Um, you have to understand um, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, feather weight, okay, to be deployed on one of these uh, balloons or, you know, whatever, whatever the aerial platform is, it's, you know, the, uh, the platform just simply needs to be able to um, carry that weight up to whatever altitude is prescribed. So um, I know I would say not very heavy, you're not going to have your typical classic, you know, bomb, like you see dropping from airplanes, <laughs> you know in in, in world war 2 and, and and after but um you know it doesn't it, it 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 can be sufficiently heavy enough to have whatever it needs on there if uh if that answers your question but also remember an emp blast um it it can it, the technology for that can be very light right because that's just um something that either bursts a certain way in the air or if it's a scalar weapon okay if it's a scalar weapon then it's just something that gets beamed um down for you know the desired effect so that can be as light as you know a plastic drone right your common plastic drone that you uh buy in the hobby store
2: could be could be and you know i mean it takes very little chemical type weapons in order to really put a big effect on a large population,
3: right, right, yeah, yeah. It um, that that right there is of great deadly concern. Um, I would I would not think that we have a worry about um, nuclear bombs dropping on us from these things. I would be more I'm more concerned about the potential for bioweapons and and um, some type of scalar weapon, limited scalar weapon.
2: And what do you mean by a scalar weapon?
3: A pulse, um, uh, uh, a beam-type weapon. Okay, Tesla-type stuff.
2: Okay, makes sense. Makes, makes good sense. Let's go to another question here from our audience. Let's go to Penny. Every country lies and are sneaky. Who can we trust?
3: Sometimes you don't know who you can trust until you know um you know it 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 might come down to we won't know exactly who we can trust until there's a big throwdown and they show us that they can trust us and you know there are others out there who feel the same way about us with some of the things that the when i say us i mean the us um you know some of the things that we have done since world war 2 has um you know, kind of hurt those relationships of trust. Right. And the things we have provoked, um, in the name of political aims and, and other Mm -hmm. such things, um, there's countries out there that they're wondering, you know, if, if if we can be trusted. So unfortunately that's the era we live in. And that's a whole other conversation as to why since world war two, um, the United States, in particular, has been acting the way it has—Operation um, you know, <clears throat> Paperclip. But I said that's another discussion entirely. We'll have to have.
2: Of course, of course. Let's go to Cable Guy here. Cable Guy is asking, "Why destroy evidence and claim it and claim to be retrieving it?"
3: Uh, you, you, what you do is you calculate. Your, your losses, I mean, you gotta, if you decide that the thing has to be shot down, okay, there, there, you just accept the, the, the amount of destruction that you're going to cause because even broken equipment provides you with valuable information, you know, so um, it, it gets destroyed in the process of, of the response of bringing it down. You know, but you don't want to. You don't want to just leave it there. You want to go pick it up to see what you shot down. It's that simple.
2: Now, would they do the exact same thing as say on a plane crash? You have the investigators who grab all the pieces of the wreckage and basically rebuild the plane to try yeah. and figure out. Would they be doing the exact same thing?
3: Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But let me throw another reason in there. That's a very good reason. Uh, if you've just shot something down that might've, you, you had good reason to suspect it had a bio weapon on it. Of course, you're not going to leave it out there. You're going to go pick it up and, and get it in a secure place so that it's not dangerous, you know, to, to someone who might walk up on it. These are the things that have to be considered or, or, you know, God knows what else they suspect might be on it. So there's very legitimate reasons for retrieving what you just blasted out of the sky if you can. And and not nefarious reasons. Um, again, I'm not saying cable guys saying this, but this is the kind of question that the, you know, the everything's ET from another world people will say, oh, well, you know, uh, wh- why would we go retrieve it if we shot it down? It must be because it's from another world and they're hiding it from us, you know, and in, in, in that's a big resounding okay, but no, not in the case of these things. But, um, yeah, the, the just the, the materials hazard, the potential materials hazard and biohazard of it.
2: And that leads to Sovereign's question here. Why aren't the aerial vehicles spraying chaff, a.k.a. toxic chemtrails, shot down as well?
3: Again, because we're observing how they're doing this. We're observing how they function, how they operate, where they function. Um, you know, we're observing as much as we can. Um, yet now, I'm I'm assuming you're talking about. I think he's talking makeup. about
2: chemtrails. I think. Somehow. Oh, OK. You mean, so, air? OK. So yeah.
3: aerial craft, um, the chemtrail craft. Why aren't the chemtrail craft spraying chaff, a.k. toxic chemtrails, shot down as well? Well. Think about that. Don't we know that some of the, those are our own planes? We're not going to. Uh, I I I I I politely. Uh, I the 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 question just you know it's okay. I get where the I get what the question's asking, and there's no aha in there. It's my answer to that is because those chemtrail planes are obviously our own and whatever reason they're doing that nefarious or otherwise of course we're not going to shoot down our own aircraft doing that but i think by now everybody knows that the chemtrail aircraft are our own that's old news so and it's a you know that's what makes the difference to answer the question
2: all right let's go to thomas here do you think russia or china could just
4: in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Flood balloons? Probably with at chemicals? Us?
3: Sure. Yeah, it's, you know, that that could be a useful tactic to one day just, you know, just keep sending them at us to distract us and, um... You know, uh, uh, somehow try to affect, or you know, uh, a- affect the effect of our response. Sure, For, you know, to dilute and, and just again to see how we respond when inundated. Yeah. I would say uh, I would be even more concerned about some type of bio weapon uh, if there was a flood of balloons.
2: Why, why would you be concerned about that?
3: Because if they want to drop some type of bioweapon in our skies, you know, you would just want to just saturate our skies with, you know, because you, you figure some are going to be countered. Some are going to be shot down, but we can't get them all. So some are going to get through and drop whatever nasty bio thing on our cities in the jet stream and in our skies. So that that's what, you know, a flood of balloons, uh, could be used for.
2: Yeah. That is the danger. And, but mm. do you think that looking at what you saw or what they have shown us over the next a few, over the last few days, what we're going to see coming out over the next few, I mean, do you think that China or whoever has made the North American, Uh, air security or NORAD look foolish with the drones getting in or is this all once again part of the propaganda
3: Mm, it's both and it's yes it's part of the propaganda but at the same time you know to an extent it does make um, these folks look a little foolish to the public Um, (laughs) where we're at with this when you get into when when you when you we have these stages these steps of trying to detect with terrorism for example in counterterrorism when you see certain activity of uh terrorist suspects or known ter- terrorist operatives okay when they're doing um a certain type of on the street activity Um, What you have is either um, uh, operational, for lack of a better term, you know, for easy understanding, uh, operational practice, they're either practicing what they're going to do when they commit a terrorist attack, or they're about to commit a terrorist attack. And there is that scary little margin when you're a counterterrorism agent, operative, guy was, where you're observing you know, your terrorist targets, subjects, um, uh, you know, either uh, doing some type of surveillance or or present in a location and there's, you know, more than one of them or or they're exhibiting behavior that, you know, is right before what happens when a terrorist attack occurs. Well, there's this little, this weird little margin and it's, it's a scary margin when you know about it that, okay, am I looking at practice a dry run so to speak on a on a future terrorist attack being planned or am i looking at the terrorist attack in motion okay um this is potentially what we're dealing with with these chinese balloons are we looking at them gathering info while they're practicing what they'll do Uh, is this a dry run for what they'll do when an attack is brewing or are we seeing the early stages of an impending attack? This is what they're dealing with, um, in this whole response and the analysis of what's going on here with these balloons. Um, this is why people like me, you know, if we express concerns like, "Mm," because we're all too familiar with what I just described. Um, so, 1 minute or less
2: how would the public mm-hmm. know if we were into an impending attack
3: uh what you would imagine it would be probably um relatively fast once it actually starts um you know there there would be just like just like you see in the movies folks the tv there there would be some you know um stuff dropping out of the sky Uh, There would be enemy naval activity uh, right off your coast. Um, The the first thing that would be taken out by the enemy attacked would be military bases and, you know, the the cities around them. The major cities would be hit. Um, It would be chaos. It would be a nightmare of chaos.
2: So I'm glad I live in the Um, boonies, man. Walter Bosley. uh, Uh, We might bring you back here very, very soon to give us an update on this topic, if you don't mind. We appreciate you filling us on in. Coming up next in our number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Seanor is going to join us for the UFO report, probably a little over time as well after the radio show on our YouTube channel with Random Guy. Stick around. There is plenty of spaced out radio coming up. And of course... More with the UFO report, Tim C. Nore, in Just a few minutes' time. We'll be right back on the mighty Sor. All right, brother.
3: Appreciate you. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed talking
2: with you. <clears throat> I might, uh, if you're available next Monday, I'm thinking about doing a a panel on this subject. Okay. More, more, okay. more UFO side. But if you want to, uh, if you're free and you want to join us, uh, that would be cool.
3: Yeah, I can confirm with you by um, by the weekend. Sure. So Saturday or Sunday, I can. Sure. I can uh, the answer is a tentative yes. Um yeah. But I'll, I will confirm ta- with you. I'll tag you in a Facebook chat group. Sounds good. All right, brother.
2: You take care. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Love Walter Bosley. He's amazing. I will be right back, guys. All right, how are we all doing we got about 90 seconds left let's clean that out make sure you all stick around uh for the after hours that we're doing uh random guy will be joining us to give us more updates Regarding uh, the Chinese balloons and what he's learned on that. I want to say a big thank you to Kira, Susie B, Philip, Melinda, Deb, Phil, and Louie times 3 for the Super Chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And if you could, because it helps the algorithms, give us a thumbs up or down. And of course, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. If you don't mind, we'd greatly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I will be at UFO con 2023 coming up March 17th through 19th in San Francisco, California. You can get your tickets at ufocon 2023.com. Make sure you check it on out. I'd love to meet all of you there. And of course, Vegas. Oh, thank you. Human Carl for adding to the Super Chat tonight. Very much appreciate your love and support, and thank you for your service, Human Carl. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and also, we will be holding our second annual fan party in Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. We want to see you all there, and we want to make sure that you have a good time with us. we got a great list of people coming. We're going to have... Uh, Skywatch is happening, experiencers, meet and greets, poker games, everything. Here we go, guys.
3: Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR.
2: Third and final hour. Of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zoilism. Zoilism is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey.
7: I work as a childcare professional, and one of the kids recently got into hiking. So I took him to an excellent Salt Fork State Park trail that I like. We were all set to hike to Hosak's Cave after parking near the trailhead's beginning. The entire course is about a half mile long, so I chose this trail for our daily hike. I also decided this trail because any time I had been on it before, it was hectic and full of people and a trendy spot which made me feel a bit more secure. However, this past summer we had a cluster of severe summer storms that caused massive damage to the trail, so to my surprise it was much more complex and empty. However, I wasn't bothered by the open path because a small construction crew was working on a bridge that was just barely visible from the trailhead. He was still up for the hike, despite the entire width of the trail being washed out until it was no more than a foot wide with a 6 foot to 12 foot drop into a creek bed with a solid rock and several trees that had fallen down. He is very athletic, and I was confident in his abilities. If he was confident that he could do so, I thought that he could, and he seemed to be very excited to tackle our adventure, so who was I to say no? We made it to a platform that allows you to see the entire cave. There were many downed trees surrounding the platform and it was closed at this point but we had made it this far so we decided to maneuver around the venue and proceeded the few hundred feet into the cave. We spent most of the time in this area due to the difficulty it was to get there, so I know exactly what it looked like. There were tree roots directly under the platform and you could climb down either side. It is also worth noting that Hosak's cave is much more like a cliff with an overhanging rock formation and a trickle of a waterfall directly in the middle. It's not a creepy closed-up cave. It's very open and beautiful. We got to the cave and I noticed a candle that was not burning recently but had been sitting on a large rock with a heart carved into it. I chalked it up to someone having a date and disregarded it. He wanted to climb to the top where I noticed two more candles and three stacks of small rocks that somebody had stacked up. I felt weird at this point, but it was about this time that he found a small puddle full of baby salamanders and wanted to catch them. This was the happiest I had seen the kid in a long time, and I didn't have the heart to tell him it was time to go. We spent about an hour catching baby salamanders, and I watched him have the time of his life. We finally decided to leave, and when we got to the platform, dead center in the middle of the tree roots was a wet washcloth hanging that was not there before. He noticed it as well, but did not pick up on the severity of the situation that we were apparently in. At that moment, I factually knew two things. One, someone was watching us, and we did not see them. And two, they were now potentially hiding in the woods and made it a point not to be seen, but leave an object to be noticed. There was no running back with the narrow trail, and I was not about to tell him that we were in potential danger. I told him to go in front of me and I kept encouraging him that he was doing great over and over, which seemed to speed him up naturally. I never saw anyone while we were on the trail, but I had the most intense feeling of being watched the entire hike back. We got to the car and I locked the doors immediately. On our way out of the park, a filthy man, probably in his thirties, came out of the woods and made it a point to stare at me with the blankest expression I had ever seen on a human being. The man followed me with his eyes, and head, as I drove by him and continued to stare at him until I couldn't see him anymore. At that point I knew the third fact. He made it a point to make himself appear to me, and facts one and two were confirmed. That stare stuck with me for days and I considered counseling after this as it bothered me for several weeks causing me severe anxiety. I tried to tell myself that maybe we just interrupted his bath time and he was camping and didn't want to startle us. After all, the crazy-looking man had ample time to do anything he wanted while we were catching salamanders. I cannot rationalize why he stared into my eyes the way he did. If he wanted to be unnoticed, why would he have made himself so, uh, obvious? Deep down, I know it was much likelier that this was a deliberate action intended to scare me. He never had any idea how panicked I was, and to this day, it is the most fun I had ever seen that kid have. He brings it up regularly, and it's a positive experience for him. But on the other hand, it was one of my worst experiences and made me feel sick and disturbed.
2: And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here. Coming on in, breaking in with another spooky story, as he does each and every Monday through Friday night to kick off our number three. And we really do appreciate it. If you want more Swampy, all you got to do is go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash weather Reads, and you can hit subscribe on that channel and let it all out. Listen to it. Have some fun. Have some freak out. Whatever suits your fancy. We love the swamp around here. From the swamp to the stars. Time for little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's
6: gonna know. They're gonna know.
2: why we love Tim Sinor around here as he brings us the latest in the UFO news that is happening around the world. Man, has it been busy lately, Tim.
8: Wow. Yeah, yeah, it has absolutely. It's been crazy. This weekend was nuts. You and I have been talking constantly about what's been going on in this country and yours, and it's just been phenomenal. It is absolutely... Never been seen before in our history as our country's going through a you know very tumultuous time right now um, and then you know we've got this amazing uh news to follow so let's let's briefly talk about it because I know it's been your show uh all night tonight and you've been covering it, but boy, balloons again we can 't stop talking about balloons and objects and uh how the united states is handling it and canada is handling it and in fact now the whole wide world
2: well first of all before we even get started i am going to know what's a what's that prune juice you've been drinking there?
8: <laughs> it's actually a blueberry it's a it's one of those mixes i just do it's it's a berry one tonight so purple uh
6: no
3: No
5: purchase necessary. Void we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms
2: and
4: conditions apply. See website for details.
2: B.S. News is saying news will be crazy tomorrow. So I guess, uh, you know, at least yeah. at least today, let's just dip into this quickly here. Mm-hmm. At least today, we are seeing reports of people actually smartening up and saying, look, th- this is there's no aliens here. We don't have aliens. OK, this is not little extraterrestrials coming from the sky and freaking out North America with an invasion of some sort. We're starting to get more level-headed about this, Tim, and I think that's a good sign.
8: I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, You know, definitely um, one of the stories that I wanted to cover was how the White House handled this topic and the fact that it relayed very clearly on no uncertain terms that this was not alien's. I think they even went as far as to repeat it three times during their press briefing.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I also want to take the, you know, the press secretary for the United States. I want to thank her for calling Canada, Canadia on the press, one of our interviews, because we, you know, I mean, it's not that we're that close together, but apparently Canada is hard to say.
8: The lady in red dropped the ball on that one. You're absolutely right.
2: Yeah. 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 Canada. We live in Canada.
8: I think it's a cool name. We should. Hopefully it sticks. Maybe it'll stick. I think no. it's cool.
2: No, no, Let, let's, <laughs> let's not and say we did, by the way, pet <laughs> Dave's pet peeve for all of our American friends. And I love you guys. You will never hear me say Seattle, America or Los Angeles, Los Angeles, America or New York, America, please stop saying Toronto, Canada, Vancouver, Canada, Winnipeg, Canada. We're not that far apart. We only have right. 10 provinces, 10, not 50 states. And if most Canadians can respect the fact that down south, you know, it's Peoria, Illinois, not Peoria, America, okay, or... You name it. Remember,
8: there is a Vancouver here, though, so we do have to specify. I mean, I think well, specificity Vancouver is BC's, so
2: Vancouver, BC is a lot more easy to say than Vancouver, Canada. I see your or point. Or Vancouver, Washington. Oh, just Honestly, it's a pet peeve of mine. Pet peeve of mine. I don't know why it, it grates my nerves so badly, but it does. All right. Let's get right to it, my friend. China claims now they have unidentified objects in their airspace and are preparing to shoot them down. What's going on here? A little tit for tat there, Timmy?
8: <laughs> I like that tongue twister. Yeah, the di- the downing of Chinese spy balloon off of South Carolina coast has raised tensions between Beijing and Washington, quite obviously. And so Chinese authorities have reportedly spotted an unidentified flying object over the waters near a major naval base, and were preparing to shoot it down, according to officials. So maritime authorities in China's eastern Shandong province said they had spotted a UFO in the waters near the coastal city of Rizhao. The state-run Global Times reported on Sunday, and so other outlets reported that the object was spotted near Qingdao, which is home to the naval base and a major naval base for the People's Liberation Army. Uh, so a, merit- a Marine Development Authority official told the paper that another Chinese no- and another Chinese news outlet that relevant authorities were preparing to shoot the object down. And so the reporting cited comes days just after American fighters shot down the United States in here in the United States, rather shot down an unidentified object over Canada and off the Alaskan coast. A week before the U.S. military shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon about the size of three school buses off the south coast of South Carolina after it had traversed the continental United States. And so the Biden administration said that the airship was used for surveillance. And now China claims it was on a meteorological research mission. And so we are seeing Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer telling the ABC this week on Sunday that the U.S. believes that the unidentified objects shot down were balloons, though smaller than the one down over the Atlantic Ocean on February 4th. So we're seeing a little bit of pushback from China here, claiming that they, too, now have potentially an object over their South China Sea, and virtually all of which China claims as its own and strongly objects to military activity by other nations in these contested waters. So it sounds like there is potentially something floating above those waters in China, and it draws some concern. And so maybe we're starting to see a little hint of this coming from Beijing during, you know, furious protests coming because of how the United States handled the Chinese balloon here in the U.S.
2: Well, you know what I find interesting is you mentioned the, the uh, spokesperson out of Washington claiming that, you know, these latest three were balloons, yet Canadian Department of Defense uh, minister or defense minister, Anita Anand, was specific to say there was no balloon shot down in Alaska, or pardon me, in the Yukon, no balloon whatsoever. It was not a balloon. So it, it's very intriguing to see the game of words that is being played, and we should expect this. You know, you know, I'm sure there is some some trawler out in the the bay near Taiwan that maybe has American license plates on it. Maybe flying the old Stars and Stripes that has a couple of balloons on there that may have launched them in the middle of the night into the uh, jet stream and see where they go over China. This is all posturing, I believe.
8: I absolutely agree with you. And at the same rate, we know that the United States does the same kind of um watching of other countries using the same exact deployments. So, you know, this is just a little bit of pushback, you know, why is it suddenly in the media now? Is it a distraction over bigger and other, you know, more important things? You know, we'll just never know until this is all blown over, if you will. And I I'm sorry to use that balloon pun there, but it is one of those things that we're going to have to kind of wait and see that we'll know once it's all over. Are we going to see more of this? Yes, I do absolutely think so. In fact, um, we're starting to see pop-ups of this kind of all over the world. And so this new attention has drawn concern as to how the United States reacted. Other countries are now considering having to take on the same tactical maneuver to deal with these balloons or UAP or drones or whatever we're seeing. Because consider that even this most recent uh, takedown of the octagonal object seemed to have strings that were attached to it, kind of implying that it may at one point have had a payload, that perhaps it had dropped somewhere along the way, maybe once it was recognized, or perhaps it's something else. But still, definitely of interest, and we're going to see a lot more of them, I think.
2: I think we're going to see a lot more of them, too. I don't see this being anywhere close to being done for the next little bit. But you know what? It makes it entertaining. It makes it a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm curious to see how many more countries now, whether they're allies or not, are going to be reporting these balloons. We're hearing them down in South America. We're starting to hear about them in Europe. And it's just interesting. Just interesting to see how it's... You know, these balloons are just popping off everywhere now.
5: It is.
8: And in a brand new article just released this evening from Wall Street Journal, um, the topic of the moment is obviously these mystery objects. And now they're considering that a brand new task force has actually just been set up to handle this. And so in the wake of dealing with Arrow, now we have even another task force that's going to partner up using the same criteria as our current UAP task force looking into this. And so admit, you know, amid a baffling series of incidents in which the U S has shot down three unidentified flying objects, the white house said Monday that it would create a team expected to study airborne objects and the potential security and safety risks that they pose. And I think that that's important and it could be specifically for this sort of thing, But they're working hand-in-glove with the arrow.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to get a seventh military branch now, the United Space Balloon Force. (laughs) That's what we are going to see, the United States Balloon Force. And look, we are not going to get videos of this, okay? Alaska and the Yukon are just way too remote for any videos or anybody from the public to get them. The the cool part about the Lake Huron shoot down or the one in South Carolina, you know, the citizens were watching for this. They were waiting for this. They were prepared. It was an air show and right. you know, I mean, people will say, well, how come the people in the Yukon didn't get it? Well, we explained earlier there's 43,000 people in a territory, the size of Texas and all of them, 25,000 of them, live in the main hub of Whitehorse. Chances of that getting on video, slim to none. Alaska, exact same way. Once you leave the coastline and get into the mountains, the population is more, you got a better chance of seeing a grizzly bear hunt down a caribou than you do of actually seeing a human being out there.
8: And my understanding was they scrambled F sixteens to take down the object over Lake Huron. Is that correct?
2: That is correct.
8: And my also my also understanding is that um they missed with the first shot because they came back with two uh fired uh missiles. And did you hear that the first shot missed and that it took I, two? That
2: I did not. That I did not.
8: Yeah kind of interesting i did hear um you know that they did release through the war zone the uh tapes from the or rather the recordings from the pilots that took down uh this object and in their very words it was a very small object about the size of a four-wheeler I think was one of the quotes and that it was going to be harder than expected to take it down simply because of the size. So perhaps it's not a surprise that it took to, to take it down. Um, I'm not, I'm not savvy enough to know the details on how hard that could be, but it is interesting to consider the size and that that was part of the, the narration that was given to the public through the war zone.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what, as we got about 90 seconds to go here, before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. I think it's going to be interesting to see if these are now done for a while, that they may all of a sudden go dark again, where we're not going to know what's going to happen. Because like Random Guy and and Walter Bosley have said, this stuff's been happening for decades. Okay, these balloons have been coming over here for decades. We just started spotting them. And it's taken a while, but that's where we are. So the question is, do they now, now that there's a big media hype over this, at some point they will have to, probably in the weeks ahead, have to say, okay, they're all gone now, people. Don't bother looking at the sky. We took care of them. Big brother got them all. You know, let's hug in victory once again. Even though they know there's probably more out there. And they'll go why back now? to UFOs. What do yeah. you think, Tim?
8: I'm why now guy. Why now? It just it just seems like maybe another distraction. Everyone I know says distraction, distraction, distraction. It makes sense. Why now? Are they suddenly drawing attention to these mysterious balloons that have been there for years?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And that, that is something that we need to know. Is it part of a UFO front? Is it the start of Blue Beam? I doubt it. But you never know. You never know, or is it just to break tension? Considering there's a lot of tension between the West and the East, and we need to see, or we need to see that start to go away. When we return on Spaced Out Radio, a UFO medical coalition is seeking medical professionals to help with experiencers. Talk about this and more on Spaced Out Radio with Tim Sinor next. Sweet Tony D, random guy will be joining us after the radio side. Which reminds me, I need to send random guy the invite. Random guy, random guy. See, there was another mass shooting tonight at Michigan State. My God. Yeah. Brian G., Guy Calgary, or Gee Calgary, how are you? Uh, let's see here.
8: Shout out to Sky News.
2: I never saw it. I never saw Apparently, Sky News gave us a <laughs> shout out last night. And they're based out of Europe. I don't know whether it was a a verbal on video or if it was on print. Never saw it, but we had a few people hop into last night's chat room on After Hours say, "Hey, they were told that uh, they heard us on Sky News, and they wanted to." Uh, um, Dave, you saw you on at my mom's TV house. Have a good night. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, it was some live feed on uh, on Sky News. That's all I know. That's all I know.
8: <clears throat> they love you in Europe. No.
2: We love the Commonwealth, man.
8: There you go. Hey, do you know what the Dust Channel is? Dust?
2: Dust? No, I've never heard of it.
8: It's a sci-fi channel. No. Well, if your audience wants to, it's a free channel um, for sci-fi and it's pretty much like UFO shows back to back all day long. But I I was watching it and all of a sudden my face popped up and sure enough, the Canadian show Encounter UFO is playing on there. So anyone that wants to watch that series, um, they can see my family's account on Encounter UFO. And for that... Matter, uh, Sev Talk is also on there. Uh, she's also on that show with me, so catch it if you can on the channel Dust.
2: Dust, Timmy's Dust right now. <laughs> Mer- Eric Markham says, I love dust. Eric also likes glitter on his forehead. <laughs> wait, till you, wait till you see uh, Markham in, in Vegas, he'll have like glitter all over his forehead and on his ears and everything something about sprinkling glitter he just loves it
8: <gasps> mm. i'm highly sus as how that happens there's only two ways that can happen self application and non self application i won't get into detail mm. good mm. stuff mm-hmm. so when are you going to be in san francisco dave
2: I'm going to be in San Francisco March 9th, or 17th through 19th at UFO Megacon 2023. Go to ufomegacon2023.com. Science Bob is going to be there. Melinda Leslie, Sev Talk, I myself, and many more will be there. Hanging on out. I'm coming down from Canada to talk some ufos
8: canadia i love that You yeah, that I pisses that. me off i'm sorry it pisses me off i will never say it but it, it's funny when you do
2: well of course i'm doing <laughs> it for humor but it really pisses me off All right mm-hmm. it's like uh, me making fun of the american accents the seventy-two different dialects you have in your country.
8: Yeah, I mean, I don't understand some Southern draws. That's for absolutely oh. sure.
2: Try, try, try understanding a Newfoundland a Newfoundlander speak.
8: Right or New Orleans? If you go to New Orleans, forget about it. You're not going to understand anything. Plus, I think they speak French there as well, which doesn't help. Canada. Canada, French Canada.
2: Mm-hmm. Fun. Oh, uh hold on a second. Wham bam ham. That's a very very interesting question you just asked. I want you to bring that up to me after the show, okay? I'm going to tag it. I've got something for you on that. <clears throat> Ten seconds here. We're at a third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We bring in, once again, Tim Senor from our UFO report. Tim is with us a few times a week to break everything down. That's the UFO news. And we're going to get into a company looking for doctors nurses psychiatrists anybody in the medical field to help ufo experiencers what's this about
8: yeah great news coming in today in recent years reports of unidentified flying objects commonly referred to as uaps sorry dave have captured the attention of the public and experts alike and as the phenomenon continues to attract widespread attention a growing number of witnesses have come forward to report experiencing physical and psychological effects after encountering UAPs. As humans,
6: we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
5: That's
8: ChumbaCasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
8: These effects range from headaches and nausea to anxiety and sleep disturbance. And so Ted Rowe, the co-founder and executive director of the National Aviation Reporting Center on Anomalous Phenomenon, or NARCAP, said his own experiences with the UFO and the aftermath of these encounters led him to create the UAP Medical Coalition, or UAPMC. And in a quote here, he says, I've got a family history of these exposures to UAP that goes back to when I was five years old. And actually, there's one or two before that that my family talks about. So I've been dealing with this subject all my life. My therapist was out to lunch in terms of UFOs in general, but she ha- she was good with trauma, Roe said. And so UAPMC was formed to assist medical and mental health professionals seeking to collaborate on the topic of UAP. After Roe noticed the difficulties people have, I'm sorry, the difficulties people having these experiences were facing when reaching out for medical and psychological help. In a quote, he says, I started noticing people in the groups, And they were all having trouble, too. I tried to join some experiencer groups. Oh, no, there's a lot of sickness in there. But that's where people go because they're desperate. You know, it's in their psychology and whether they have the discipline to hold to the reality of what they went through. So I'm worried about them. And I realized that the mental health and medical community was not at all prepared to deal with this. And so we're getting some new information here. And even Gary Nolan, a professor of microbiology and immunology at Stanford University School of Medicine, recently conducted a study exploring the potential health and effects of UAP encounters on the human brain. This study is notable because it represents one of the first attempts to systematically examine the possible biological effects of UAP interactions on humans. And so this is going to be one of the key findings of the study that Nolan has done was that individuals who reported UAP encounters showed evidence of increased activity in certain regions of the brain, specifically in areas involved in the regulation of stress and the processing of traumatic memories. So the researchers also found changes in the levels of certain neurotransmitters and other biochemicals, which could indicate changes in brain function. So um, UAP Med is made up of a team of volunteers from, te- uh, from different fields of expertise, and the group includes therapists, professors, veterans, experiences, and researchers. So specifically, we have uh, Rob, I'm sorry, Ron Westrom, a professor at Eastern Michigan University and sociologist, I'm sorry, sociologist, uh, sociologist, rather, specializing, there's a misspelling there, specializing in sociology of science and technology, said of the group. And he's saying here, it's amazing to meet Uh, all the people and to see that this is a wonderful experience and more people need to have it. So this is bringing a lot of relief to a lot of people, and it's bringing some reality of the psychology and the medical aspects of interaction with UAP. And it's coming from an amazing person who's done a lot of good, including the creation of NARCAP in this community, which is a massive database that is provided to everyone, based on, uh, I believe, military and aviation professionals. So they are typically um, expert witnesses, and it's a massive database. So uh, congratulations to Ted Rowe on this new formation. And Dave, I know you're probably excited. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about this new creation.
2: Well, I, I think it's a great idea if they're going to go at this as being legit. Okay, that's what I want to see as an experiencer myself, the legitimacy of it is something that I'm very curious of. All right Like what kind of patience are they taking? Because one of the talks that you and I have had over the last few months is what is an experiencer? Like somebody who sees dots in the sky one time. To me, that's not an experiencer. And I've heard radio show hosts and other people call it, well, I'm an experiencer too because I saw dots one night and they disappeared after about three seconds, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who have had real health and mental issues with their contact. And we're not talking crazy people here. We're talking good, downright hardworking individuals, male, female, doesn't matter, okay, who happen to have an experience of a lifetime that they cannot understand. It keeps them up at night. I remember the first time I started seeing some UFOs up close and personal. Dude, I didn't sleep for days. You know, it it literally was like that moment in Close Encounters of the Third Kind where you see Richard Dreyfus building the devil's tower out of everything, whether it's clay or mashed potatoes or crayons or, or dirt out of his yard. When I started seeing that, when I saw that black triangle over my house, I didn't sleep for days. And and the more and more I researched it, the more and more I got frustrated because every black triangle I saw online was nothing like the one I saw. And that was maddening to me. Maddening. Yeah. Okay, And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people like this in North America, maybe tens of thousands, who just want to know what has happened to them and why maybe it continues to happen if it includes ET contact and or abduction. So my only goal for this, and I really hope, is that this didn't turn into a place where experiencers become guinea pigs and especially guinea pigs for government agencies who are trying to figure out what is going on. If this is independent, if this is about true health, about caring for people who've had the most extraordinary experience of their life, I'm all for it. Okay. But the minute I see a government agency on there, that's where, I would recommend do not go do your homework beforehand. Don't just race for a conclusion here. All right. I know there's a lot of experiencers out there, man, who just want to race to a conclusion. I'm one of them, but at certain times you need to take a step back and just do a little bit of homework, not much, just a little bit of homework because you really don't want to become a Guinea pig over something like this.
8: You're absolutely right. Um, I think um, my personal knowledge of Ted Rowe and how he operates is that this will absolutely become a legitimate program. And um, knowing that he um, has that kind of means and um, has had such success with NARCAP, I expect absolutely to see the same sort of thing for UAPMD, I believe it is. Let me just recap that. Um, And so, What I am interested, UAPMC, Um, and so what I am interested to um, maybe dive deeper into is the fact that obviously there are different levels of experience, and even perhaps somebody that has seen dots in the sky um, was convinced that they were seeing something otherworldly, and so it may have been a paradigm shift for them. Um, It may have shattered their mental boundaries of what they were willing to accept, right? And so this is the sort of foundation that needs to be for anyone, right? For someone that has met ET up close and personal, and for also somebody that is just for the first time seeing something and having their eyes opened, but still may need a group to talk to. You know, I think this is the sort of thing that Ted Rowe is looking for here some kind of support and group on a very much larger level than just your hometown group session. And so by my understanding of what he's putting together here, it's also a database for people to refer to. And so if you are having an experience of some sort, you can refer to a database to see if other people are having the same sort of experience, which I could definitely see as potentially being valuable for an experiencer to not feel so isolated. You know, whether it's dots in the skies, Dave, or something where it's a repeated close up and personal contact.
2: Well, I hope so. I hope so. But like I said, when it comes down to the study, let us just hope right off the bat that it isn't about just being a guinea pig. I hate to sound like a broken record again because you're always yeah. making me sound like a broken record at times. <laughs> But, I mean, you don't need to do that study. There are plenty of universities out there doing these studies now.
8: Yeah. Gary Nolan, for example.
2: Rice University, another one.
8: Yeah. Good stuff.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's get to the final topic here. And where are we going here now, Timmy? Well, Well, uh, let's take a look here. Let's head to the White House where they want you to believe those UFOs weren't aliens?
8: Yes, indeed. Unfortunately for the dedicated alien conspiracy theorists among us, the time is apparently not yet nine. So don't don... your tinfoil hats and throw them out the window necessarily because the biden administration has declared that the recent instances of unidentified aerial objects being shot down over the u.s and canadian territory are not related to extraterrestrial life in a quote i know there have been questions and concerns over this but there is no again no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns, said White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre in a Monday afternoon press briefing. Again, there is no indication of aliens, she emphasized for a third time, adding, we wanted to make sure that the American people knew that. And let me just address here that I was watching that live and all of the press were laughing as she was saying this. It was very audible chuckle in the background. So obviously there was no, there were going to be no questions pushing this topic after that. And we didn't see any further questions. And so in a further quote, would you tell us if there were one journalist in the crowd of reporters shouted back in response to Jean-Pierre chuckling and made a brief joke about the movie E.T.? As recently as Sunday night, Pentagon officials had indicated that they weren't ruling anything out yet, meaning meaning aliens were still technically on the table. But the White House's announcement seemingly squashes that pipe dream. And so you may say, wait, what's going on? Over the past three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the U.S. military has shot down or aided in Canadian operations to shoot down three different as of yet unidentified aerial objects. And so according to White House officials, all of those objects were aimlessly drifting without propulsion in the atmosphere between 20 to 40,000 feet and thus posed to a risk to commercial aircraft. So the three back-to-back takedowns followed the earlier down edge of the 200-foot-tall craft That the U.S. officials are calling a Chinese surveillance spy balloon. However, none of the subsequent aircraft targeted in the recent days have been linked to China or any particular owner, state, corporate, or otherwise. Further, officials haven't determined any purpose, surveillance or otherwise, of any of the three most recent objects in the takedown. And so John Kirby, the coordinator for strategic communications on the National Security Council, said in the morning briefing. Mm -hmm. Dave, your thoughts? It's not aliens.
2: No, but you know what one thing that does uh, kind of concern me about this, and I'm curious to get your opinion, and maybe we'll get random guy's opinion on this as well. For months, if not years, (coughs) excuse me, I have been asking, where's the threat narrative? You've heard me many a times. Our audience has heard me. We also pointed it out. We did a show with Grant Cameron when the Canadian Department of National Defense came out and said, there was zero threat narrative to UFOs over Canadian airspace. But the problem we have now is people are calling these Chinese drones UFOs which they are not. They're unidentified objects, yes, but they're not what we would consider a classic UFO or what the government wants to try and put this UAP crap into our mouths with, you know, because they always need a different acronym. So the question is, from a public standpoint, Tim, and I'm curious your opinion, how does this change the threat narrative when there isn't a threat narrative regarding UFOs?
8: It's a great question, but it's obviously going to reinforce everything that they've been saying, how potentially UFOs do pose a threat. Um, I think it's actually reinforcing that, you know, because we just saw them take them down. And if they're between 20 and 40,000 feet and we don't know what they are, well, they just need to come down because they pose a threat to our aviation. And I think it's great that, um, you know, RG actually dug up an article that's almost three years old. And the topic is that the Pentagon is testing mass surveillance balloons across the U.S. Now, this is a three-year-old article coming from The Guardian. And that's the headline. And it's saying that the exclusive is that the high-altitude balloons... Uh, promise a cheap monitoring platform that could follow multiple cars and boats for extended periods, right? Um, And we can dive a little more into this article, perhaps when RG hops on, but I can tell you what I do definitely see is them reinforcing the threat of things that we're not sure of in the skies. Um, We are starting to take the opinion, or at least the standpoint obviously that we're going to shoot it down first and figure out what it is after, because it was still called an object even after it was taken down. So that is concerning. I think that we should know what we're firing on. And I mean, I hate to say it that way, but at the same rate, it's good that we take down things that are in the way of our aircraft. However, I've yet to hear of one of these objects interfering with our aircraft, Dave. I, I haven't heard that yet. So I'm still not sold on these in particular being a threat. Um, I'm aware of it. And I, you know, it would be horrible to see that happen. A plane running into a, a bus sized piece of equipment. You know, that's, that's a horrifying thought. However, um, we see the United States using this technology on its own. Um, 25 unmanned solar-powered balloons were launched from rural South Dakota, drifting 250 miles and spanning portions of Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Missouri, before concluding in central Illinois. And they say concluding. I mean, there's no real details here, but it was you know, traveling in the stratosphere at altitudes of up to 65,000 feet. Right now, that's over our own country, and it was our own test designed by the Pentagon. But it sounds as if three years ago, the Pentagon was testing out some balloons of its own at 65,000 feet in particular. I find that interesting.
2: I find it interesting, too. But I also look for the idea that, you know, Tim, and, and don't take offense to what I'm saying, but it really seems that, you know, we're buying into a current narrative here regarding the, the threat. and. I don't see that narrative. I just don't. I really don't. But, hey, that's just me. We got one minute to go here on Spaced Out Radio before we have to say goodnight to everybody. And, Tim, I'll give you the final word on this threat or not. I mean, let, let's let just say it. Thumbs up. We'll go rock, paper, scissors on it. Okay. Okay, I rock. win it. I win, it's, I win its threat or its non-threat. You win its threat. Okay, here we go. All right, rock, rock paper, paper,
8: scissors. scissors. Oh, sorry. What the hell! <laughs> I thought you said thumbs up, thumbs down. We're no, gonna have to do this again. Man,
2: no, we've run out of time. We've <laughs> run out of time. Uh, we're gonna ask you, Tim, uh, before you appear on us or on Sor again, that you. Uh, You learn the rules to rock, paper, scissors. There's no dynamite in there, man. And either way, the dynamite, I would have cut the wick off, which means I would have won. Yeah, I'll take that. Buddy, another great report. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you in a couple nights' time. And, of course, to everybody like Swamp Dweller, who was coming on in, giving us another spooky story. Walter Bosley, the first two hours, really having a lot of fun with Walter. And don't forget, everyone, we'll be back tomorrow night as well with another high-quality show of Woo. And uh, we want to see you here as well. we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat room tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, LinkedIn, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR, Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home.